All yours, Meyer. Thank you. Hello, all. Welcome to a school for a course in miracles. My name is Myra. And I think I can speak for everyone at this moment by saying Lynn and Tim, thank you <laughs> for midsummer that we can get together again. I missed being, I missed our togetherness. So I'm so happy that we can have this little midsummer break or what did you call it? Yeah. So, um, Okay, great. Thank you for showing up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't miss it. <laughs> yeah. oh, definitely. And for letting me uh, be able to do today's lesson, I'm very grateful. I have gratitude. <laughs> okay. Um, I'd like to start off today with a, a different lesson. It's uh, lesson 273. As a beginning meditation, 273, it's on page 433, and uh, the stillness of the peace of God is mine. Perhaps we are now ready for a day of undisturbed tranquility. If this is not yet feasible, we are content and even more than satisfied to learn how such a day can be achieved. If we give way to a disturbance, let us learn how to dismiss it and return to peace. We need but tell our minds with certainty, the stillness of the peace of God is mine and nothing can intrude upon the peace that God himself has given to his son. Father, your peace is mine. What need have I to fear that anything can rob me of what you would have me keep? I cannot lose your gifts to me. And so the peace you gave your son is with me still in quietness and in my own eternal love for you. Let us just share a few moments of quietness together. Thank you. Just have a little look at some of the things he says it in this little lesson. Why I chose it also. He's so lovable, Jesus, our teacher, and so understanding. Okay, well, we want to reach a day of undisturbed tranquility, but hmm, maybe we're just not there yet. I mean, we started lesson one with one minute a day, <laughs> and now we're, here's lesson 273. He says a whole day? Hmm, maybe that's a big step for us. But listen, I'll teach you how to get there. That's how understanding he is. So through the whole book, he's giving us these little tips. He's telling us how to do it. And here it is, also in this lesson. If we give way to disturbance, what is disturbance? Well, that's the voice of the ego. 
whatever it seems to be saying in the blah 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 mm, it's very disturbing so if we give way to this voice we can dismiss it and return to peace just by using the title of this lesson we tell our minds i'm not telling myra i'm not telling my head something i'm telling my mind with certainty the stillness of the peace of god is mine and just remain with that and just by saying that that's for me also how i take the step back and i can just observe whatever that voice has to say blah 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 i just observe it and i try to stay in the stillness i know there are a lot of different interpretations what is the stillness well for me it's always the background it's something that's always there it has nothing to do with the sounds we make in our dream or the noise or whatever. It's just a background where everything seems to be appearing on this background of silence and stillness. It's always there. All we have to do is just not listen to this blah, blah, blah so much, to this disturbing voice. And then I love this prayer, what he says, and his peace is ours. And how could we fear anything? How could anything rob us? Of what we truly have. It's just really not possible. We cannot lose our Father's gifts. He gave it to us, and it's just not possible to disown it in any way. When I read that, sometimes I think of that story that Ken Wapnick told about Helen and Bill, when Bill was getting a little upset because Helen was hearing everything, and uh, he, didn't, he didn't even want to be the Son of God anymore. He was just upset with everything. He was getting depressed. And, well, Bill always likes little, you know, funny, funny things. So Jesus said to Helen, please tell Bill, he cannot take away his subscription. He cannot unsubscribe. He's a child of God if he likes it or not. <laughs> and that's with, for all of us, we cannot unsubscribe, you know. It's there. It's always there. And it's so helpful. It's one of the thousand ways that he tries to help us to reach the quietness not to listen to this little voice okay. any comments on this before we go to today's lesson okay um 197 i can be it can be but my gratitude i earn Okay, first, just something about gratitude. The word attitude is also in there. Gratitude, attitude. They seem to link together. I remember many times when Ken was asked so many questions about, well, how can I see the light? How can I see my brother? How can I see the child of God? When my, my eyes are always seeing bodies. And Ken would explain in his wonderful way that there's an inner attitude that develops. The more we forgive and do the step back and connect to the right mind, the vision of Christ will look through us. We will carry this inner attitude with us. And then the source of the mind is an aspect of love. And that's what gratitude is. This is our gratitude and attitude. I had to think a lot about Ken being grateful. Okay, um, the lessons all fit together so well. Before we even start, wait a second, with 
197. Let's go back to 195 because they all fit together. <laughs> yeah. um, lesson 195 was also love is the way I walk in gratitude. And just share a few, just a few little sentences. Um, paragraph nine on page 373. Today we learn to think of gratitude in place of anger, malice, and revenge. We have been given everything. Sometimes, I don't know how it is with you, I can just read two sentences like that and just sit with it. I can take those two sentences with me all day long. Just sit with it, just feel with it. Experience the reassurance that Jesus is telling me that we can think, we can change our thoughts, we can think of gratitude, don't have to listen to that voice anymore. We have been given everything. And then it gets even better if we go down to sentence five. Yeah, God has cared for us and calls us, son, can there be more than this? That's another one of those sentences. I can just listen to, read that 10 times or something and just say, okay, <laughs> yeah. And then you really feel the peace that, that comes and really be connected then with the Holy Spirit. And just a little bit in paragraph 10, our gratitude will pave the way to him and shorten our learning time by more than you could ever dream of. That's nice, isn't it? The whole journey is going to be shortened when we just follow what Jesus is asking us to do. Gratitude goes hand in hand with love. And where one is, the other must be found. Love and gratitude. Yeah, I just love these sentences. Um, the rest of the lesson, I'm not going to go through that because we're going to do a different one. But as usual, Jesus is always teaching with contrast. This, uh, the gratitude of the ego and then true gratitude from the Holy Spirit. And in the comments of Ken Wapnick, yeah, this is worthy of telling because Ken, he does it every once in a while. He thinks of something, again, so grateful. So the gratitude of the ego, he calls now the gratitude to destroy. <laughs> we all knew about forgiveness to destroy. So Ken invented gratitude to destroy to understand all the false ways that the ego has taught us to be grateful. Any comments? Questions? Yeah, Bruce? Yeah, thanks, Myra. Uh, I was reflecting on these two lessons myself this morning. I was thinking how, how they go together so nicely. In, in that paragraph nine, when you're talking about you know the, the contrast, I was thinking those middle sentences really highlight from, from three through uh, three and four. Yeah. Mm. If we refuse to recognize our gratitude, uh, that, that we have been given everything. We're not entitled to our bitterness, even though ego says, no, you, you've got all the bitterness you want. <laughs> I, I've got a, I got a boatload for you. Um, yeah. But it's all made up, you know, or into a self-perception which regards us in a place of merciless pursuit where badgered ceaselessly, pushed about without a thought or care for us or for our future. Well, the only thing that can do that is our egos. I mean, we, we can project that onto the world like crazy, but the only thing that can badger us and, and uh, pursue us mercilessly is our uh, reinvestment and resubscription to the ego. 
<laughs> we we keep weaponizing gratitude and any anything else that the Holy Spirit gives instead of just saying, oh, I could I could just drop the the use that the ego would make of this, and uh, and then the gratitude will be a, a natural outcome. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for sharing that, Bruce. Yes, I, and that you felt also the lessons all fit in together. They, uh, it's so brilliant. It really is. This whole course is so brilliant. We can all be so grateful just for this course. Let's turn to the next lesson, 196, because he starts talking about these steps and he'll talk about one in 197 also about the steps. What are the steps we're taking? You know, look at paragraph four. Okay. Today's idea is one step we take in leading us from bondage to the state of perfect freedom. Let us take this step today that we may quickly go the way salvation shows us, taking every step in its appointed sequence as the mind relinquishes its burdens one by one. Yeah, I like when he said, well, let's, let's walk together. Let's take these steps together. I was thinking of that song, these boots are made for walking. So, and we're going to walk together with the truth now, with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, taking these steps. And then I always think of taking that step back, which I talk about a lot also in the Dutch groups, that, because that taking that step back is immediately changing your mind right away, disconnecting to the disturbing voice that keeps on going, blah, blah, blah. So stepping back and relinquishing the burdens. And I was thinking about that backpack with rocks. Who was it that, was that you, Lorraine? About three months ago or four months ago, someone? I, yeah, because I've used that a few times, having a backpack full of little rocks that the ego put in there. And every time we can relinquish this burden by taking these little steps. So thank you for saying that. I remember that. Okay. Some more steps in um, paragraph eight. Yeah, I love this. Our next steps will be easy if you take this one today. Well, it's always today. So we can take it today. From there, we go ahead quite rapidly. We're saving time again. And this is so beautiful. For once you understand, it is impossible that you be hurt except by your own thoughts. The fear of God must disappear. The fear of God is also a made up story, just like sin and guilt and fear. We have been believing the made up stories, the lies for well, as long as we can remember. We have been believing them, but they're all made up. So it's taking the steps with Jesus and to realize that I can't be hurt by these thoughts. Go back to the beginning lessons. What is it, lesson eight or 10 or so? My thoughts do not mean anything. These thoughts do not mean anything. They're not even my own thoughts. Wow. You know, you can read that for about 10 years and you still won't know what he's talking about. And all of a sudden that day comes because it's always today. And then today you have that experience and you understand it and you have one of those aha moments. And then everything begins to change for you because you can only be hurt by those stupid blah, blah, blah thoughts. The disturbance, the one, the, this voice, this ego voice that raised us the voice we, we, we believed it's us, 
we've been listening to it. It's this voice that that's the way we've been hurting ourselves. That's the way we've been tormenting ourselves. That's the way we've been making ourselves sick by listening to this voice that doesn't even exist. It's all made up. Any comments or questions before we go to today's lesson? <laughs> I was just thinking that there, um, the, uh, the good thing about it's only my own thoughts that can hurt me is that it's only my own thoughts that can release me and free me. Meaning if I steer my thoughts to the Holy Spirit instead of to the ego, I mean, it's those very same thoughts that are, are, the, are the freedom or the salvation. At one point, um, when Myra, uh, Myra, when you were reading the title of today's lesson, you said, I can be but gratitude. Yeah. And yeah. it really hit me is when, when I'm in that right-minded mode, I am walking gratitude. I am this experience. I am this walking experience of gratitude. Mm -hmm. Love is me when I walk in gratitude. <laughs> I am gratitude when I walk in gratitude. So it's just that kind of lit upness that um, yeah. certainly uh, I think a lot of us have been feeling lately. Yeah. Oh, and the word recognize is huge lately too. I think it's in the course about 700 times in that 195, he said, when I refuse to recognize I, I could be walking gratitude. <laughs> That's what keeps me from doing it. I don't want to see that this experience of gratitude, of walking in gratitude, being gratitude is even possible. I don't want to recognize it as a possibility. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for reacting. Yeah, because gratitude is, is an aspect of love. And it goes back to one of our basic fears that we still Many of us, we don't trust love yet. We're still afraid of, of love. It's all made up, just like we were saying, only our, heart, only our thoughts can hurt us. And then the fear of God will disappear. The fear of love will disappear. The fear of gratitude will disappear. We just have to keep on taking those steps. Just keep on stepping with Jesus. Keep on forgiving. That's the steps. We'll talk about that in a minute, the gifts and so. Okay, today's wonderful lesson. It can be but my gratitude. I earn, earn. I was thinking about the word earn. Uh, you know, the ego always wants us to earn something. You know, I have to work hard to earn my money. I have to be somebody to earn respect and go on, go on, go on. But in this lesson here, for me, it's something totally different. It's not about earning. It's actually when I accept my truth, then the gratitude is just there. It's like un unearning <laughs> all the rest and remembering my truth. I don't know if anyone else wants to say something about the word earn. It's a funny word. Why do you think he used it? <laughs> I don't know. Why do you think he used it? Maya, why do you think he used it? Good morning. Gosh, I've missed you guys, all of you, so much. Yeah. Uh, really delightful that you're having class thank you for doing that um to me it's like earning interest you know you don't have to do anything to earn it it comes to you uh, it's a given so you earn it like you earn interest on a, on a bank account you okay. just do just get it because that's yes. what yeah. happened 
part of the deal. Yeah, you don't have to do anything for it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Maya. Yeah, yeah Christina, you had raised your hand. Yeah. And then yeah. yeah. Good morning. I I interpret it as achieve. You know, it kind of like Maya. It's just if you're doing these steps, it's just you automatically achieve it. it can, yeah. yeah. Thank you. That's good. Yeah. Achieving just you know, it just happens. Like Maya said, Bruce, what did you want to say, Bruce Brickman? Oh uh, yeah, I I like what Maya said as well. It, uh, it's like having money in the bank. You just earn it. Well, uh, this is a little bit different than money. You 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 have you have to recognize that that uh, the gratitude is there, and so we put uh, gratitude not in the bank but in our treasure house, so it comes to us. Yes. Yeah. Thanks all for adding on to that. Very good. Okay. Who would like to read the first paragraph for us? Yes, Vicky. Hi. Hi. Um, it can be about my gratitude I earned. Here is the second step we take to free your mind from the belief in outside force pitted against your own. You make attempts at kindness and forgiveness, yet you turn them to attack again unless you find external gratitude and lavish thanks. Your gifts must be received with honor, lest they be withdrawn. And so you think God's gifts are loans at best, at worst deceptions, which would cheat you of defenses to ensure that when he strikes, he will not fail to kill. Yes. Well, um, definitely that paragraph is talking about, I mean, has the metaphor for loans. But I was thinking too, before we started reading this, that it can be but my gratitude I earn. I don't think that I'm very thankful to myself. Like I want, I want my kids to thank me when I make a meal or clean their rooms or whatever I do for them. And I'm really ticked off when they don't. So I'm finding a lot of myself right here, ready to strike and kill <laughs> but i think that i look for thankfulness from outside yeah. externally yeah. i've not i know i've experienced this in an inner gratitude but i didn't think it was about me i thought it was about god so i'm glad to take a closer look at this yeah. he mentions that in sentence three the external gratitude and then that fits in what I was sharing with Ken Wapnick's gratitude to destroy. And so that's that can okay. be a, a helpful from, from Ken. From, oh, that's, that's what he means. That's how it's happening again. The external gratitude, always giving something to get something back. There's some kind of expectation is there because, well, God's gifts are just temporary, they're just loans. I have to listen to the ego, and so I have to get this external gratitude because I still think I'm separate from God. Yeah. And then we still believe in gratitude to destroy. Thank you, Ken, for that, <laughs> putting that together. I like that. Anyone else on the first paragraph? Audrey? Oh, and then Bruce. 
I was struck by the sentence that said, uh, you think God's gifts are loans at best, at worst, deceptions which would cheat you of defenses. That's just such a powerful image that I, I think that he's making me feel like I'm safe. I'm not really safe, but he's pretending I'm safe so that I'll let my guard down and then I'll be smote. Yeah, that's how the ego works. That's what Jesus wants us to realize so that we see we, when we see the traps of the ego, we'll be able now to avoid them, to do something else. Yeah. Bruce Rawls. Yeah, I um, was when I was reading this this morning earlier. I, I the, the phrase that uh, grabbed me was external gratitude and lavish thanks. And I was thinking, what if what if I had no feedback whatsoever from the world? Yeah. What what would I do? What would I care about? <laughs> what what happens or doesn't happen? And back to the expectations again. But but it's just amazing how many ways that uh, you know if we're just looking at what's going on and in uh, you know the insane thought system that we we try to manipulate ways in order to get negative feedback uh and but it, it, it but it doesn't matter it's kind of like a little kid if it's negative or positive feedback it doesn't doesn't matter but it establishes separation is real as long as there is a separate identity that's getting the feedback yeah. anyway just kind of kind of noticing how many different ways that um, oh, yes. you know the, the gratitude to destroy, like in this lesson, is really about you know the, the feedback, and then and then the, the lesson two previous in one ninety five, it's it's more about well, if there's that comparative gratitude to destroy, <laughs> yeah. But the, either either way is equal equally unsettling and 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 equally unnecessary for the real gratitude. But we just have to look at the gratitude to destroy in order to and get that out of the way with Holy Spirit's help in order to for the real gratitude to an opportunity to be there yeah thanks oh well, thanks bruce yes one, one minute because um the lesson will continue on that theme that you're talking about now and how we would look at that everything that we want from outside and ken had a lot to say about that and after two more paragraphs then he had a suggestion for a little piece of text and we'll read that also about these concerns so that's coming lynn yes i see you please yeah. um I, i'm thinking um about this idea of, of giving and that we can only give to ourselves, which first page of the manual for teachers is the purpose of the course might be said to provide you with a means of choosing what you want to teach on the basis of what you want to learn. Uh, and then it goes on. Um, you cannot give to someone else, but only to yourself. And this you learn through teaching, teaching meaning demonstrating. But I was thinking you could put the word and this you earn <laughs> through teaching. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's through our demonstration. It's all self-contained in the sense that there is no other. We've been talking about that a lot lately. There is no other, which is a, a, a non-dual idea. There is absolutely nothing outside my own mind. And that's really the discipline that we have to um, uh, accept with the course ultimately, that there is nobody else out there. This is 
one mind, it's universal and it's not divisible. And um, what I give myself, I give to all. So it's a uncompromising curriculum in, in that sense. There's no nobody out there to give to, uh, but myself. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for bringing that in also from the manual. Everything is so linked together. The more you, longer you're with this course, you just you see it all over the place and you can put all the little pieces then together and then it gets it even gets deeper and, and wider and more valuable. And it's really amazing how it just keeps unfolding and happening. And thank you for sharing that and bringing in that element of the mind, which I will mention a little bit also today. <laughs> yeah, the okay. ego is always bargaining, you know, I'll give you this and I'll get that. And, and that is to destroy. Yes. <laughs> it's not true generosity. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was I was thinking along those lines that that first paragraph, do I really think God's gifts are loans at best? Do I think he, he's setting me up for the kill? And then I'm thinking, well, in every special love relationship, that's what I'm doing to you. I act like I'm nice. I'm, I act like I'm grateful to you. But then when you let me down, boy, am I going to come in for the kill? <laughs> You're going to be toast. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing that in every special love relationship I have. I'm setting the people up for the kill. I don't even admit that. And certainly I don't want them to know that's what's happening. But of course, I think God's going to do it because that's what I'm doing to everybody else. <laughs> and that was also in one of these lessons. I don't remember which one that Kenny said that, that Every time the way we're thinking about someone else or what you're just saying now, that's how we think about God. So when we change our minds about each other, we'll be changing our minds also about God. Yeah. Do I have a volunteer to read paragraph two? Yes, RJ. How easily are God and guilt confused by those who know not what their thoughts can do? Deny your strength and weakness must become salvation to you. See yourself as bound and bars become your home. Nor will you leave the prison house or claim your strength until guilt and salvation are not seen as one and freedom and salvation are perceived as joined with strength beside them to be sought and claimed and found and fully recognized. And there's that word again recognized it's already there i already know it i just have to remember um this is just an, an, another example of how incredibly backwards i've had everything until now yeah including now <laughs> yeah all of us yes all of us definitely um i like the sentence when he says nor will you leave the prison house or claim your strength until guilt and salvation are not seen as one. And I always do that. You know me. Mary does that with her arms a lot. This is our life. This is the horizontal line. We call it life. Jesus calls it the battleground. Mm, okay. And what did the ego teach us on this line here, on this dream life? That cause and effect are here. So that guilt and salvation are on the same level and that's what he's saying here no it's not but we've that's what we've been taught 
and we've been taught very well by the ego like you just said audrey all of us all of us very very well that cause and effect are here there's always something outside of me that is responsible that is guilty i'm not guilty but i'm hurt because you're yelling at me or i'm scared because of everything that's happening in the world and that's how the ego really gets us again to keep on hurting ourselves and tormenting ourselves and making ourselves sick. And then comes along the blue book and says, well, now I'm going to tell you a different way. There's no cause in, in the dream. All cause is on the level of the mind. No exceptions. The mind is the cause, is the source of everything. What you are experiencing in your dream life is the effect. There's only effect here. There is no cause here. And that's the first step into really changing our minds all the way around. So guilt and salvation cannot be here. And freedom and salvation can be perceived as one. And that's one of the first steps to taking responsibility for what our own minds are thinking and feeling and projecting. And that's why Ken Wapnick is always saying we will learn step by step to take back the projection. And we learn to take back the projection when we realize the cause is never here and it cannot be outside of me. The cause is always in my mind. I can take responsibility now for whatever the thought is or the feeling is. And then when I take responsibility for it and I'm stepping back and I'm connected with the right mind, I can bring it to the Holy Spirit. And forgiveness is the Holy Spirit's job, and that takes place on the level of the mind. And not what we all do in the beginning, the forgiveness to destroy. Guilty. I don't know how many years, 10 years, 15 years, always believing the same lies that cause and effect was here. Forgiving everyone for hurting me. My life was wonderful until you turned up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those kind of things, you know, forgiving to destroy. Of course, I didn't understand forgiveness in the beginning either. No. And so, okay, and I'm very grateful now. <laughs> My gratitude is there that that has all changed around. Okay. Any other questions or statements at this moment? Vicky? Yeah, I was thinking that... Um where he says, until guilt and salvation are not seen as one. Uh, during my Christian um, belief, believing, guilt and salvation are definitely tied together. So I think he's taking a jab, too, at, hey, think about this. Salvation is not related to guilt, like you were talking about cause and effect. Yes, yes. Yes, thank you for sharing that. We all know um, how the church put that all together. Even just, just this last week on Facebook, having a discussion with someone because you're saying, yes, but Jesus Christ. I said, no, but in the Course of Miracles, there is no Jesus Christ anymore. Oh, Mary, you're crazy now. What do you mean there's no Jesus Christ? Everybody knows Jesus Christ. So <laughs> I had to go through that whole explanation of how Jesus is telling us in the whole course, there's only one Christ, and the Christ is what the, what the course calls the Son of God. And that's all of us, we're all fragments of the Christ. But there's no more Jesus Christ, because Jesus was the name of a dream figure 2,000 years ago. 
And because his mind shifted and he could become one with the mind of the Holy Spirit and realize he was the Christ, yeah, then everything changed. But other, he never called himself Jesus Christ. The church did that. The church called him Jesus Christ so that we could all be sinners. What a terrible history. <laughs> then you have a lot of gratitude now that, that Jesus, the symbol now, he's only, there's no person in our minds. There's no form in the mind. Jesus is the light and the love, the symbol of light and love in our minds, calling to us from outside of the dream. Say, hey, wake up. It's time to wake up. I'm coming to get you to wake up now. Come on, I'll, I'll, I'll give you this great big book here. <laughs> so that you'll come get closer and closer to me and learn to trust me. And finally to say, I accept your love. Thank you. Okay. I don't see any hands. Uh, I wanted to read uh, number three. The world must thank you when you offer it release from your illusions. Yet your thanks belong to you as well, for its release can only mirror yours. So here's another place where he's telling us that our thoughts, our mind and the world are one. It's all one together. Just what Lynn was referring to just before, that there's the one mind projecting all of this, the whole world, all the bodies, everything. And so here he's referring to that, giving thanks for being released because the world now is going to mirror or reflect my thoughts. Okay. Your gratitude is all your gifts require that they be a lasting offering of a thankful heart released from hell forever. Our gifts, what are our gifts? Forgiveness. Forgiveness is the greatest gift that we can give each other. And accepting Christ's vision to look through us so that we can see our brother and that we can have our little glimpses and experiences of oneness and of peace. And then there's a thankful heart in our right mind. And that's releasing us from hell. Every single step, we're being released. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but then he says, yeah. Is it this you would undo by taking back your gifts because they were not honored? Okay, now we're going to get back to that external gratitude and what Bruce Walls was talking about. Hmm. If I don't, if somebody doesn't accept my gift, hmm. What's going to happen then? Oh, but then I don't think I was really giving the gift of God. Hmm. Whose gift was I giving them? <laughs> it is you who honor them and give them fitting thanks. For it is you who have received the gifts. Okay, and here's where in the comments from Ken, he refers to a little piece on, in chapter 16. So if we could just go there, it's on page 332 of your textbook. Page 332, it's in chapter 16, and the second section is called The Power of Holiness. And I'll just read a few sentences in paragraph one, starting with sentence three. And this is what, what Bruce was referring to just now also. And now he's telling us very clearly. 
concern yourself not with the extension of holiness for the nature of miracles you do not understand nor do you do them so if we do have expectations from something then we know we had chosen the wrong teacher because when we choose the holy spirit when we choose love love has no expectations love isn't expecting something in return a compliment or or i don't know whatever it is no so we don't have to concern ourselves with that and this is something that takes a while for us all being raised by an ego getting used to stepping back and not doing anything handing it over concern yourself not with the extension of holiness okay we don't understand how miracles work sentence five it is their extension far beyond the limits you perceive that demonstrates you do not do them we don't know what's going on there in the mind we're dreaming that we're here on earth <laughs> in a Zoom room, <laughs> studying this course. <laughs> we have no idea what's going on in the mind. We do experience the effects of our choice, but what's really taking place there, I don't know. So why should you worry how the miracle extends to all the sonship when you do not understand the miracle itself? So that's Jesus just telling me, hey, take it easy, <laughs> relax. It's okay. I'm just asking you, are you willing that you bring your darkness to my light? I'm going to take care of the rest. Don't worry about forgiveness. Don't worry about the miracles. Don't be concerned if somebody else gets it or got it. The message, if something is extending through you and they don't react, don't worry about it. Jesus has got our back. Always. For eternity, he's got our back. It's all okay. He mentions that several times that if somebody else has closed their inner doors, but we have offered love, that love will be, he will keep it for us. He will save it for us until that door opens up. And when that is, don't worry about the time. It's not our concern. It's just not our concern. So we can relax. Isn't that wonderful? I think that when anyone want to say something about that? I was I was thinking about that line, um, the world must thank you when you offer it release from my illusions. Like like in the process of forgiveness, it never ever had anything to do with what you did or didn't do. I don't forgive you because you did something terrible. I forgive you. I let go of believing I let go, I let go of laying my illusion on you. I mean, it was my illusion that locked you up. I mean, I, I release you from from my own illusion of myself and, and what I think we are. I mean, it never had it literally, literally. I don't forgive you because of what you did or didn't do. I literally just stopped me from laying my illusion on you. Yeah. It was always that. It had nothing to do with the other guy <laughs> at all. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> but also in, in Ken's comments in one of these lessons, um, that we are all one in heaven, but we are all one here on earth, but not through the body, but through the light that came with us, that we brought with us. And that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit not only is guiding us, but is connecting us. The Holy Spirit is in every fragment. And that's why he keeps on saying, 
you can only attack yourself, you know, you can only be mad at yourself. But we didn't realize that because once again, if I use my hands again, we thought that everything was happening here on earth and we were replacing, the Ken says that, you only just replace one illusion with the other illusion. And we got very good at that, you know, putting a Band-Aid here or putting an aspirin there and just taking care of one illusion with the other illusion. Yeah. And now it's all different because there's no cause in the dream. The cause is always in the mind. The mind is dreaming. The mind is a dreamer of the dream. Myra never awakens because Myra is not sleeping, because Myra is just the name of a figure in the dream. Yeah. Any hands, any questions? Okay, I'll read number four also. I'd like to read that one. It does not matter. It continues again the same theme. It does not matter if another thinks your gifts unworthy. Okay? It doesn't matter. In his mind, there is a part that joins with yours in thanking you. Well, that's what I was just trying to explain. I should have read it from Jesus. He does it a lot easier. Okay. <laughs> it does not matter if your gifts seem lost or ineffectual. They are received where they are given. Huh? We don't have to worry about it, really. We can be like, yeah, Bruce, you might help. I, I think he's he's um, channeling Bill Murray there. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't yeah, matter. matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I was also thinking about how attached I get to, uh, I, I want you to know that I forgave you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I, I have to kind of get it out there that, <laughs> on some wavelength that you should really appreciate i forgave you for what you did <laughs> i mean that, that's what's gratitude to destroy is when it had nothing to do with them at all it's like yeah i need a little accolades here because I, I actually thought about you this morning i asked for jesus to help to let go of what you did to me <laughs> Even though it really didn't affect me at all, at least I want you to know I did it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, okay. And once we realize that, we can do something with that, yeah. Okay, I'll just read on because this next, next sentence is also one I love so much. In your gratitude, are they accepted universally, all the gifts? Eh? and thankfully acknowledged by the heart of God himself. That's one of those sentences, I'll read it again. In your gratitude, are they accepted universally and thankfully acknowledged by the heart of God himself? If that little voice is really, you know, it's kind of like an earthquake going on in my head or something. It just doesn't want to shut up. And I've already tried a few lessons and I know it just doesn't seem to be working. I step back, but okay, you're just, let's just keep what's going on. I could take a sentence like that. I love that sentence. And I'll read it 10 times, very slowly. And after every time I'll sit back and step back and be quieter and be quieter and just watch the earthquake happen. Watch all these, these ego attacks, just watch it go and then read the sentence again. 
because then I'm being acknowledged by the heart of God himself. And I'll just read it again and I'll sit quietly and sit back and just let, let the earthquake take place in my head. Okay, just watch it. And then I'll read it again and I'll sit back again. At a certain time, yeah, the earthquake stopped. It was over. Yeah, Bruce. I, I was just thinking sort of like as a backup to what Tim was talking about as if, if I, if I think that I that I'm concerned about whether or not you you're uh, appreciative of my forgiveness of what you'd never did, you know the backup safety net is that everyone else has already accepted the forgiveness for what never happened as well. So, and in truth, maybe not on the level of form, but but <laughs> he's got us covered both ways. Thanks. Yeah, he's got it covered. Yeah. Yes, Len, to unmute yourself. Yes. Thank you. Um, uh, although the, the gratitude is not to anything outside myself, but the gratitude is, is um, uh, for what God has given me, every, everything. Uh, Jesus does ask us for our full appreciation of our brother, which I don't know if he's making a distinction between full appreciation and gratitude, but uh, I can't, I cannot wake up without my brother who shows me <laughs> my need to forgive. And so I am grateful day in and day out for uh, all the opportunities that my brother gives me to see what I'm believing about myself and about him and who we are. So I, I don't think it's um, about not being appreciative. Like, oh, I can't appreciate my brother because it has nothing to do with him. I am totally appreciative to my brother because without him showing me my my external projections of my own guilt, I could never get home. So I don't know if anybody else has thoughts about it. that. Is there a difference between full appreciation and gratitude? It's like right here, what do we do at school every time? We are grateful for each other. We appreciate what we're sharing with each other and that we're, and we're healing with each other, but not because there's a, a Lynn helping a Myra or whatever. No, but because our, our unit, our oneness is here. Our love is here. And so there is no separation. It seems still as if, oh, there's a Myra there in that body and she just said something. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> it's not really, that's the deception that Myra is in a body. It's really that our connection together is communicate. The communication is taking place in the mind. And we experience that. We experience that in our bodies even. And so we can be grateful and we can appreciate that. Yeah. And so we love each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're not loving the bodies, but we're loving truly who we are. We're truly at that moment seeing with Christ's vision. You see, just it's just that glimpse beyond the body, you know. Okay, there we are. That's who we are.
Yeah, I always think that gratitude is somehow, uh, it's the witness to the fact that I am accepting, acknowledging, recognizing what I've been given. If I don't recognize it, there's not going to be gratitude. I mean, the gratitude is, if, if I end my day without gratitude, I, I must have missed a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I really must have missed a lot because there's so much to be grateful for, but no gratitude no recognition uh sort of yeah yeah that makes it complete yeah thank you then yeah vienna you had raised your hand but you put it down again did you want to ask something vienna well i i didn't necessarily want to ask something and then i thought well maybe it's it's just for me and then i i don't i'll share it because i'm visual and i got this image when you were talking about the disturbance in the mind and the distraction and the thunder or the um uh uh the, um, <laughs> the yeah the earthquake the rumble and everything and um i learn a lot from my dog um about the course um so i wanted to share that um she gets very distracted and upset by delivery trucks when we go for a walk, if a UPS truck goes by, like she completely, it's like to her an earthquake. And um, and my presence with her is to uh, let her know that to not focus on the truck, but to focus on mama. Mama, I have you. And I stand in front of her and I block her view and then she focuses on me and she becomes still. Okay. And so I'm not, I, I'm, what I'm saying is, is that all suddenly when you were talking, it was like, oh, it's like when you talk to the dog, I have disturbance. I'm, I'm upset. I'm, I'm stuck in this belief that I'm not loved or not appreciated or whatever it is right here. And, and that um, when you said you go back to the sentence over and over again, it's like me telling my dog, uh, focus on mama, mama's here, you know, like that. And it's like redirecting her focus, my focus on what is what is true, what is safe, that that God is always present with me. And wants wants me to experience that peace and not the um the choice of uh going after the truck right <laughs> so um i share that um, um because it, it, to me it's helpful I, yeah thank That's you great, Vienna. thank you for sharing that and through the animal i think almost everybody here has an animal in, in the house or so, so we all have these beautiful experiences my cat is my little buddha also but what you said then redirecting to the focus of the truth that's what the whole course is about we've been going in the wrong direction because we had the wrong teacher but now the right teacher is redirecting our thoughts giving us a whole workbook to learn the structure of how to do this step by step and also what we shared today in lesson 273 that the stillness of the peace of God is mine and yeah just 
with certainty reminding our mind that that's the truth every time. Every time the disturbances come, I don't have to listen to it. And our experiences with animals are, are always beautiful. Yeah, could tell stories for the next hour, but I won't. No. <laughs> I think everybody knows. But thank you, Vienna. That's a beautiful example. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who would like to read paragraph five for us? Is there a volunteer? Lynn? Okay. Okay. God blesses every gift you give him. And every gift is given him because it can be given only to yourself. And what belongs to God must be his own. Yet you will never realize his gifts are sure, eternal, changeless, limitless, forever giving out, extending love, and adding to your never-ending joy while you forgive, but to attack again. Wow. Well, that says it all. I mean, we, we have to finally see attack has no real purpose. I mean, it's insane. <laughs> And to recognize our, Jesus calls it our imagined need to attack. Our imagined need to attack. Yeah, thank you. It's a beautiful paragraph. And in those last three words, that's what it's all about. And Ken had also a reference there to one more little piece in the textbook. If um, we could just turn to page 622 in the textbook. That's in chapter 29. And this is section nine, the forgiving dream, page 622. And just read a few sentences from paragraph two, because this is about the attack, which is the judgment. And Jesus says, a dream of judgment came into the mind that God created perfect as himself. And in that dream was heaven changed to hell and God made enemy unto his son. That's what judgment does. How can God's son awaken from the dream? Another tip. <laughs> it is a dream of judgment. So must he not judge? And he will awaken. Yeah. And then Ken is so wonderful when he tries to really help us there. Do not try not to judge, because that is a judgment. Ken is always warning us, don't let the ego take hold of this and say, oh, we're not allowed to judge anymore. Every judgment, oh, no. Ken really explains that we will, the judgments just pop into our head. They are not our real thoughts. The source is always coming from the mind, wherever that is. So the mind is projecting these thoughts of judgments and attack thoughts into Myra's head. And then 
I hear it. I don't deny it. I hear it. But what do I do with it then? I have a moment I can choose. Do I believe the thoughts? Do I take action upon these thoughts? Do I start projecting still again to get rid of them? Or can I say, oh, I do have a choice now. I can step back. I can realize where this, where this thought is coming from, my mind, the wrong mind, and I can now bring it to the right mind. And say, Holy Spirit, here, this piece of darkness I bring to your light. Please forgive this for me. So always stepping back and looking. And just let the judgments come. Whatever thought comes, just let it come. But what do we do with the thoughts? There's also that line somewhere. It's not that you will never have no unpure thoughts, but do you want to keep them? So what do you do? What do we do with these thoughts? And that's the training we're going through. We're going through the mind training, the whole course. Okay, this is the voice is not who you are. It's not a nice voice. It's not a helpful voice. It's not a happy voice. But we didn't know any better. We all thought, well, this is who I am. This is my voice. It's my head. It's my voice. Oh boy, were we wrong? <laughs> yeah, we really all got taken in by this voice that we call the ego. Yeah. We've been, I think we, you know, over the past few months, we've been saying that a lot lately. It's like, it's not like he said, I mean, he says, judge not and we'll wake up. But I mean, he's really, I mean, the first step in that process is watch the judgment come. And then instead of taking it seriously, we smile at it. I mean, it's not not judge. <laughs> Judgments are just, <laughs> they, they, they come, they go. But if I hang on to each one, if I take it seriously, if I justify it instead of smiling at it and realize it's just pointing right back at me. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's why what Ken says, that don't try not to judge. Just let it be there. But what do we do with it? Do we take it seriously or not? That's a choice. That's that moment of choice. Okay. Yes, Lorraine. Yeah, hi everyone. I'm so appreciating <laughs> being back with you all and hearing all your comments and slowly being able to relax <laughs> in this in this moment. And um, so this image that came to me because you know I come from this yoga background is that in yoga they call all of these things grunties and so it's like an appropriate word because a grunty is a knot in the mind and so i just had this image of you know every time that that that's what it is that's what i experience this knot and as we're saying it just requires me to open my hand and let that knot go for that knot to be undone so thank you can you spell grunty it's uh yeah it's just like it sounds <laughs> it's a grunty <laughs> yeah yes Lynn. yeah myra thanks so much for bringing up that idea that i could possibly any of us could possibly be uh the source of our own correction that we could make our corrections as in, I shouldn't judge. So now I'm gonna be in charge of not judging. <laughs> um, I recently 
have been listening a little bit to to Richard Rohr. I don't know if any of you've heard of of Richard Rohr, but he's he's um, doing a um, teaching on uh, Jesus' teachings and the twelve step, and you know he he points out in it that becoming sober isn't really recovery that to stop using takes our own effort to stop stop using um i will stop using but the the transformation of the mind goes further than that and that's what we're talking about here that our mind isn't transformed unless it includes the bringing of whatever it is to the Holy Spirit to correct, that we do not do our own correction. And that's so important to remember in, in the Course in Miracles, because for a long time, I, I remember being stuck there with thinking I was in charge of my own recovery, so to speak, my own, you know, correction um, that I could for example, be the one that makes the judgment leave my way I went about my life. It was it it it, it, dis it disappears in the hands of the Holy Spirit, but not when I do it. Yes. I, know I felt a little awkward with saying saying that that way, uh, but there, there's something in it I think that's very important about yes. knowing. It's about bringing and laying down on the altar to the Holy Spirit and saying, "Okay, I'm, I'm, I've let that go. Yes. That's my only part is to let it go." Yes. Thank you, Lynn. That's very good. Yeah. I'll come back and yeah, Audrey. I love that, and. Uh... And it also reminds me of the second step, which is came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity because so many people come into 12 step programs, me included, thinking I was supposed to restore myself to sanity, which was very scary because I knew I couldn't. And it isn't until and then the third step is made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God. So, I mean, it's it's all saying this the same thing. My ego can't fix my ego. <laughs> which is what I always tried to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I've said this before, I don't know in this group, or, but, but in other groups that I don't know how many years, uh, 10 years, 15 years of being with the course, those first 15 years, I really thought he was talking to Myra. I really thought Myra was learning how to forgive. I really thought that Myra was, was sleeping and Myra was going to wake up and be enlightened. And I really thought in the beginning and all the forgiveness to destroy and everything. And thank God for Ken Wachnick that helped me through, through my delusion to, to shake that idea out of me and to realize not one word in this course is about Myra. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, and sometimes that was a scary moment at first. But luckily, Ken was there. I just kept reading and just kept trekking on and just kept taking the steps. And that, okay, now we can start reading the course all over again. But now, asking the Holy Spirit to read with me and realize 
that nothing was lost those 15 years. All those 15 years was in preparation for the truth and for taking the next step of my journey. Nothing was ever lost. And I think I shared that part of my journey before, but I think it's worth repeating. I like repeating it anyway. I like reminding myself <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that nothing is ever lost because we can always have those moments or days that, oh, I'm doing it all wrong again, but um, nothing is ever lost. No. Only the ego can be very loud sometimes. Okay. Uh, are we thinking about that idea of sobriety um, and not not behaviorally but sober thinking so i mean you think about sober traditionally it just means i'm not trashed i'm not messed up uh, i'm not on something and my my thinking is fuzzy it, it's really a, in that sense it's really clear thinking the first clear thinking i'm willing to um at least uh try out is maybe i'm not upset for the reason i think <laughs> That's kind of clear thinking. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to undo the the trashed, the, the not so sober thinking. Maybe maybe my thinking isn't <laughs> correct. I'm not upset for the you know. And then then you get back to the internally. Maybe maybe I'm not this thing that could be upset in the first place. Maybe I'm not a Tim. Maybe I'm not the separated self. Maybe I'm not a thing that could can even feel pain. Maybe I, I'm already loved and I don't know it. I'm just pretending I'm not this. I'm pretending I'm a thing that could be not loved. <laughs> so, I mean, and this, so it's sober thinking. First sober thinking, first step of forgiveness. Second step of sober thinking, second step of forgiveness. Yeah. Thanks. And everything is happening in the mind. And Jesus is always addressing the mind, always talking to the mind. Everything is mind. Lynn was saying that earlier. And that's why at a certain point we realized forgiveness is taking place in the mind. And so it's not possible that Myra could do the forgiveness. No, but my thoughts don't never underestimate the power of our decision, the power of our thoughts. So our thoughts are connecting us with the right mind, with the whole mind, but we can choose now. We, we can be very powerful decision makers. The power of decision, actually, you could say all these lessons these days. Yeah, I place the future in the hands of God. Love is the way I walk in gratitude. Can't be but myself, I crucify. Can't be but my gratitude, I learn only my condemnation injures me. Uh, and then I am not a body, I am free. Well, it's all the power of decision, the power of choice. We have the power. Isn't there? A, isn't that a song somewhere? We have the power. I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, but really, he's helping us to rediscover that we are very powerful decision makers, and that's where he wants us to go to to get off of the battleground to go above the battleground. Okay. By the way, if there's ever a song that you don't remember who sang it, ask Nick. He's like God when it comes to the songs, at least from the 70s and 80s. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, is there someone who would like to read paragraph six for us? Myra? Yes. Yes, I'll Jim. How are you? Okay. Okay. <clears throat> paragraph six. 
withdraw the gifts you give and you will think that what is given you has been withdrawn. But learn to let forgiveness take away the sins you think you see outside yourself. And you can never think the gifts of God are lent but for a little while before he snatches them away again in death. For death will have no meaning for you then. Mm. Would you like to comment on that? A short paragraph, but really powerful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, really powerful. I, I can't say anything though. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Forgiveness takes away the sins that we thought we saw outside of ourselves. Again, coming back to the, what we've been saying today, the cause is not in the dream. The cause is not outside of us. The cause is always in our minds. Yeah. And then we can remember that God's gifts are not just little loans for maybe a day or two, but no, God's gifts are forever. And when we remember that, and when that judgment falls away, then the fear of death will also be released from our mind. Christina, I believe you will put your hand up. Yeah, just briefly, I was, uh, I kind of tuned into the second sentence where it says, um, you think you see outside of yourself. And um, mm -hmm. I spoke about this before and I, when I had my aha about the, the beliefs that seem to drive all this. And it's a nice segue because the next paragraph kind of talks about the belief then. Mm -hmm. But it's beliefs that drive all this. And we step back from this and I'm a think, uh, from last paragraph, when Tim was talking about, for some of us, it's worthiness, being worthy, and that that's a belief, and it can just be undone, you know, and go from there. So sober thinking, you know, for me to be clear-headed is to stop and think about, um, well, maybe these beliefs that I'm harboring are not true, and that I really am somebody that can be loved. Yes. Yeah, and the next little paragraph is about the belief. Would you like to read it, Christina? Paragraph seven. Yeah. That begins. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Myra. Yeah. Okay. Um, so seven. And with the end of this belief is fear forever over. Yes. Thank yourself for this. For he is grateful unto or only unto God, and he gives thanks. For you unto himself. To everyone who lives will Christ yet come, for everyone must live and move in him. His being is his father. I'll start again. His being in his father is secure because their will is one. Their gratitude to all they have created has no end, for gratitude remains a part of love. Yeah. Well, it, there's a lot of words, but to me, it just speaks to this oneness. Just to remember, we are just one. Yeah, right. All I know. Yes. And Ken says that thanking ourselves is at this point thanking our decision maker 
for choosing for our oneness and so and then it's just beautiful what he's saying there that his being in his father is secure because their will is one it's the oneness that we can't understand at this moment we can only just accept it that there's always only one and then so beautiful their gratitude to all they have created has no end because this is a spirituality it's, it's just a circle there's no beginning and no ending uh, what's that sentence again there's nowhere where the father begins and the son ends or so it's just yeah it's something that we can't really yeah, imagine with our little brains here but <laughs> the creation has no end no beginning and no end it's really mind-blowing yeah. And then gratitude remains a part of love. Gratitude remains a part of love. And love is eternal and never ending and limitless and strong. So. Are there any questions or comments? Oh, I was uh, I was sitting with uh, like when I go back to judging, it doesn't feel like I'm withdrawing my gift of forgiveness. I mean, that's what I'm doing, but I, I mean, it's not a it's not an immediate conscious thing that I oh yeah, I forgave you, but I watched the news last night and I'm pissed off again. <laughs> I mean, obviously, if I say it out loud, I withdrew my gift of forgiveness it's not it's not it is it, it seems like something i can give and take is what it seems like which is an illusion in itself i mean if i give give the gift of forgiveness it's all about stepping into the real world for at least a moment and then having that experience and then it seems like i step out of it i step back into the unreal world with every little judgment i make meaning i'm withdrawing my forgiveness I, I go back to believing I can impose my illusion on you and never admit that's what I'm doing. Oh, I was just thinking about that first line in paragraph six. I, I, how can I possibly withdraw the gift of forgiveness? Well, in reality, I can't. But, but I mean, it sure does feel like it. Every little judgment I make, if I take that judgment seriously and I don't smile at it, we were laughing hysterically last weekend in Wisconsin because every time one of us would have a judgment, we'd just bust out laughing. <laughs> I mean, it got really absurd. <laughs> Chris was yelling at Beth not to cut the toast and everybody busts out laughing. <laughs> I think we recognized them so quickly and then kind of recognized them as a group. And then to go back reading the lesson or the text or whatever doing it just became even more uh, uh, affirming of how how silly judgment is. That's that's I think that was the laughter. But she shouldn't have cut the toast for those people that don't know. I was making breakfast and I had a certain concept of how it should go, and wow. cutting the toast was like the ultimate sin. I, I can't imagine Beth's going to show her face after after uh, what happened there. But uh, <laughs> oh, there she is! Yeah. <laughs> All right.
<laughs> Gutsy. Yeah. I did not cut the toast. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And I'm a little sorry I even said that because you had a pretty sharp knife in your hand at the time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. No, no toast was harmed in the making of the stream. Cutting <laughs> Both Bruce's are talking at the same time. One at a time, please. Which Bruce is going first? You were lucky she wasn't cutting the cheese. <laughs> okay. And my silly comment was no, no, no toast was harmed in making of this this dream. Right? So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> ah, guys. Yeah. Okay. Any more comments or questions, Christina? Yeah. Well, that just leaves us these all, all these experience that we can uh, banter with each other out here helps us in our you know, other worlds too. This is something we can take away from class as well when we look at things. And um, somebody might give you a criticism like that. <laughs> you can throw one of these things out there and laugh at them too and uh, kind of switch it, switch it up. And so thank you all <laughs> for being demonstrators. <laughs> if there are no other questions or comments, actually, Paragraphs eight and nine, I thought would be a wonderful way to close this session. They're really beautiful paragraphs. And uh, maybe I would like to ask two people to read. Maybe Lisa, if you would read paragraph eight, and Beth, if you would read paragraph nine for us. And then we'll just share some silence together. Thanks be to you, the Holy Son of God. For as you were created, you contain all things within yourself. And you are still as God created you. Nor can you dim the light of your perfection. In your heart, the heart of God is laid. He holds you dear because you are himself. All gratitude belongs to you because of what you are. Give thanks as you receive it. Be you free of all ingratitude to anyone who makes yourself And from this self is no one left outside. Give thanks for all the countless channels which extend this self. All that you do is given unto him. All that you think can only be his thoughts, sharing with him the holy thoughts of God. Earn now the gratitude you have denied yourself when you forgot the function God has given you, but never think that he has ever ceased to offer thanks. Just share a minute of silence together.
And when you're ready, open your eyes. Don't don't cut the toast as a metaphor for don't separate. <laughs> Pleasure to see you all. Yeah. Nice afternoon. We will now. <laughs> yeah. All better. Thanks, Myra. That's Thank great. you so much, Myra. Thank you, Myra. Thanks, Thanks, Myra. Thanks, Thanks, Myra. Thanks, Thanks, Myra. Thank you, Myra. Thank you, Linda. Thank you, Myra. Thank you, everybody. Being together this time. Yeah. Thank you, Myra. Thank you, everybody.